usually the way I approach running in most of these these events is my focus is more on how I'm running the engine rather than how the engine's performing. Dishman's Radio, episode 864, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you in part by uh, my friends over at Head Sweats, uh, who, you know, as far as I'm concerned, make some of the best, uh, most fun hats out there. They're they're comfortable, uh, they look good. A lot of them are a little bit a little bit cheeky, uh, which is always a good time as well. Or at least at least you can get some that uh, are a little bit cheeky. But hats, visors. Um, you know, winter type of gear, although I know we're still a little ways away from that, but some of you, some of you in the Northern climes, you might be, uh, starting to feel like, uh, fall is, is approaching. Some of us down in the South feel like fall is, uh, never, you know, it's, it's that thing that's always off in the, in the distance and never approaches. Right. But, uh, depending on where you are and what you need, head sweats probably has you covered. And uh, we also got you covered with a, a sweet little discount code uh, and a way to support the show. This is, this is one of those win-win-win type of situations uh, that uh, kind of goes all the way around. So if you're looking for a new hat, new visor, new some type of head-wearing item that you wear on your head, uh, check out disruns.com slash headsweats. Uh, that'll redirect you right to the head sweat page. But that's the, uh, the link that uses my affiliate link, which means that if you make a purchase of anything, Anything on the site, they've got they've got shirts and gear and the whole nine yards as well as as head stuff. Um, but if you get anything there using that link, disruns.com slash headsweats, uh, you, you a percentage of your of your transaction comes back to me and it costs you literally nothing more than you know it's the exact same price as if you go through the normal uh, website link. Um, but this one helps me out. And to help you out, we got a little discount code. In my opinion, not a little discount code, a sizable discount code, a 35% off discount code that you can use, you know, that, that is good for anything that you purchase, 35% off whatever is in your in your cart. And the code is simply DISRUNS35, all one word, D-I-Z-R-U-N-S, the number three, the number five, DISRUNS35, DISRUNS.com slash headsweats is the link, DISRUNS35 is the code, you get some sweet hats, some sweet gear, let me know what you get. Uh, I'm always looking for uh, some new new things to add to the rotation. So, uh, you know, your input is appreciated. If you want a sweet unicorn hat, we got those. We got visors, unicorn visors as well. A uh, whole host of options, all available at disruns.com slash headsweat. So thank, thank you guys for supporting them, which supports me. And now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a lady that uh, is always up for a good challenge, especially if said challenge can uh, also support a, a good cause. Uh, she is currently in training to run across the state of Maine, uh, all in one shot, which is I think about 130 miles. And, and while doing so, she is also raising some money for uh, LifeWater International, which is an organization that helps to provide clean drinking water uh, for folks all over the world. Um, and so without any further ado, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about that and some of the other uh, crazy things she's done, because she's done some some epic challenges in her day as well uh, with today's guest, Miss Katie Spots. So uh, Katie, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Denny. 
Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to find out more about what Katie's got going on, maybe uh, you know if we if we touch the surface of a few of the things she's done in the past, you want to find out more about those, or certainly if you want to help support the cause, uh, katiespots.com is the website. That's Katie K A T I E. You probably didn't need me to spell that one for you, but spots is S P O. TZ, katiespots.com. Uh, on Facebook, the, the you know kind of connection spot there is, is uh, facebook.com slash uh, hello Katie Spots, all one word, but again, S P O T Z. And uh, on Instagram, it's real easy, it's just her name. But again, don't forget that spelling on the spots. That'll, that'll throw you for a loop. Uh, <laughs> at Katie Spots, uh, S P O T Z, once again. Now that, now that that's totally in your head, if it, if it somehow escapes and you need to. Uh, Get a little a little refresher on where, where you need to go to connect with Katie. Uh, you know if you just point your browser back to uh, the show notes for today's episode. Uh, we'll have everything linked up there. Photos, the whole nine. Dizruns.com slash 864 is the link for today's show notes. Dizruns.com slash 864. So, uh, Katie, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with uh, a pretty simple question uh, as far as it, it relates to ask. I mean, it's literally like six or seven words. But uh, answering the question can be a little bit more difficult because there's a lot of good uh, choices out there. But it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, I I would love to say that that is a simple answer. <laughs> but for me, it's it's all about my mood, what I feel like doing. And that's kind of one of the joys of running is that you can feel like doing a 5k and, and really putting it all out there, or you can do the marathon distance. And, um, for me, I think at the core, it's always been endurance. So I've always been very gravitated towards any event where you get to question, is this possible? Let's find out. So, a hundred miles is definitely a distance that I feel like meets that, that need, but, um, marathons are great too. It's a great way just to travel and see new, new cities and new parts of the world and, and also challenge yourself. But, um, sometimes it's just the distance I've never done yet, which is, which is what I am actually doing right now, training to run further than, than I've ever run before. Yeah, there's, there's, I, I love that idea of kind of, you know, it, you can, you can ebb and flow a little bit and sometimes it can be a, sh- a shorter distance, whatever shorter means to you. Sometimes it can be a longer distance, whatever, whatever longer means to you, but you know, you don't have to get stuck in, in one path or one, one distance and, and feel like, oh gosh, like I have to, I can only run half marathons or I can only run 50 K's or whatever the case might be. Like if, if you find something that you really like, Hey, rock on, you know, and enjoy that distance. But uh, if you want to explore a little bit, explore a little bit, whether that's new distances, new paces, new locations, like, you know, at least once COVID-19 passes and the world will become our oyster again, like get out there and, and run whatever uh, seems to, to tickle your fancy in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I think there is always this like preconceived notion that longer equals harder, but mm. like, I've found that I'm more sore after doing a marathon, just a marathon, than I am from doing an Ironman, which is a marathon plus biking plus swimming. Right. So what I, I point that out just to say that I would never call a marathon easy, but you can take a long run very easy and then you could do a 10K where you're just you're explosive and you're using and putting everything out there. So I I think it's great that running can mean so many things and running can be used in so many ways, whether it's more casual and, and fun or competitive and really pushing your limits. 
Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. So, uh, how'd you get into kind of the running endurance sports? Scene? I mean, you mentioned that you've you've done some some Iron Ironman races. So, obviously, triathlons are a little bit part of the the mix as well, and and obviously running is part of that. So, kind of you know, has, has endurance sports in one form or another been a, a a part of your life for a long time? Something that's a little bit more recent. How'd you kind of get into uh, this this crazy endurance sport world that uh, all of us uh, know and love so much? Well. It started by avoiding it. Um, <laughs> so I was really not much of a, a star athlete growing up. And so I kind of in my mind mentally said, oh, that's just for other people. And I'm not one of those people like I, I just didn't feel like I had that gene. And um, I didn't realize, you know, I, I didn't walk through those barriers until until I was a senior in high school and I needed to take one more gym class. So I, I avoided all the team sports. And by process of elimination, I was down to a walking running class. And so I was like, okay, <clears throat> that's my easy A. I know I can walk around in a circle for 30 or 40 minutes a couple times a week. So I signed up thinking that was the plan. I was just going to walk and just get over with this, this requirement. But um, once I was there... I, I kind of accepted the fate of that I had to be there when I, I really didn't want to be. And I, I was like, okay, well, maybe I could try to run one mile straight. And I, I had never done that before. So in my mind, running meant like sprinting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I was so nervous about being able to do the one mile that I, I really like sprinted as fast as I could just because I wanted to like make sure I could make it. And, um, you know, trailed off and kind of died at the end. But, but yeah, I would consider that what, what I uh, did was a a one mile run. And although it wasn't pretty and although it was, you know, it was tough and it wasn't, it didn't feel natural at first. I was, I was, something was awakened in me that like, wow, I told myself I never could do it. And my body proved otherwise. So that's where this little seed was planted of, well, what if, what if I could go further? And, and so that was kind of the question that I continued to answer week after week, one mile to one and a half miles, one and a half to two. So it was very gradual, but Mm -hmm. after four or six months, that's when I, I did a 13 mile run. And, um, that's where that, that feeling of, wow, if, if I could do that, maybe just maybe the marathon is achievable, is possible, isn't so, crazy and out of reach. So I didn't know anyone who had done a marathon. I thought it was like, Oh yeah, the Kenyans do it. Or <laughs> it's not, it's not for like, uh, you know, it's not regular for me. person it right. for me. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've done a lot of challenges, but I feel like that first marathon really put me up against a lot of those initial fears and concerns and questions, but those were answered in time and those were answered so clearly when I showed up on the, on the race day and saw people that I felt like I, I could identify with and then people that were 80 years old running marathons. Mm-hmm. And so it really helped me see how capable our bodies are and how this is something that is accessible to, to all of us. So that is where my love of endurance was, was born really. Did, did you, in those early days, and maybe it's it's hard to put yourself back that far since it's not that it's that far, but since you've done so much since then, um, is it is it like 
did you realize in the or when did you start to realize that um, that you really you know had for lack of a better way of saying it, you, you had a, a bit of a, of a gift or a bit of a talent to do this because you know a lot of folks that, that dip their toes into running at, at some point or another it's like you know you, a mile becomes two eventually but maybe like you're like you know what 5k is enough for a while and then and then maybe eventually down the road and it sounds like your progression was pretty you know I mean pretty steady for for a while of, of just kind of continuing to inch up and inch up and inch up um, did, did you realize that you had you know some some real legitimate talent for for running long distances or or um am i missing something in the translation of that story um i mean going from like my first marathon was probably like five hours to now over the course of years like being able to boston qualify like and shaving off nearly like two hours on my marathon time so i wouldn't consider that early days, you know, there wasn't that immediate, like, wow, I'm just, I can fly. So I think more, it was just, it it was filling some, some need of curiosity. And, um, I, I would say that curiosity does, does is something that is a, a common theme in my life before running just as a kid and just wanting to know and, and, and running, um, answers those questions. So, um, I, I, I think my focus was more the curiosity of our own human body and our own potential that running three miles to me for the first time was probably the same feeling that people have completing a marathon. Every benchmark was like a new high. And so, and then there's endorphins, like, can't ignore that that we get a lot of endorphins <laughs> off of running and so i i uh yeah i'm a big fan of those so well kudos to you because i think I, I think i fought the uh endorphins for a long time before i gave in and decided <laughs> that you know maybe this maybe this is kind of something that i enjoy doing and it's not just something i feel like i have to do to try to keep uh you know keep the, the weight in check or to do something form of exercise once in a while so uh i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is i i, I wish that uh that, that I had the same perspective, I guess, that, that you had moving up through the distances and, and continuing to push yourself. And uh, I'm curious, then, is that kind of how you got into doing some multi-sport events as far as just like, hey, I, you know, not that the running was, I'm not, I don't want to say easy, but like, all right, I can handle running, I can handle a marathon. Um, let me try pushing some, some different, uh, you know, my, my pushing myself in some different ways as well. And, and you, you dip your toes into triathlon? Yeah. So right after I did my first marathon at uh, 18, I was definitely intrigued by Ironman, right? Like to me, that was like the pinnacle of fitness, like to be able to, to swim 2.4 and bike 112 and then do a marathon that seemed so like I couldn't wrap my head around it. It just seemed so big and, and so exciting and daunting at the same time. So that after the marathon, I was definitely like hungry for more, uh, challenge and adventure. And so I, I knew that, okay, so if I really want to do this Ironman, I gotta, I gotta bike and and swim and gain the confidence that the marathon gave me in running. So I was looking online and, um, I found out about this, um, bike ride across the United States Mm -hmm. and it was in support of a, a cause that really, um, that moved me. So it was the American Lung Association 
and my grandma had just passed away from lung disease and she gave up smoking the day I was born. So this is kind of the first step into turning endurance as a platform to something bigger than self. And it's great that people, you know, can have their own personal achievements and, and get that sense of uh, satisfaction of, of, of doing something. But it's also amazing, too, that you can use something as as simple as just running around and biking and 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 help people that could really use it. So I I did, you know, go from running the marathon to cycling across America and then naturally the progression was okay, now I need to learn how to swim long distances and I I guess I could be a little bit like all or nothing. So I I did take that approach and um I swam, I swam the Allegheny river. So I was the first to swim the Allegheny river, which was a 325 mile swim. Um, and it was after a few other adventures that I eventually came back to that original goal of doing, doing the Ironman. I just got a little distracted by all these other cool adventures and, um, opportunities to explore nature and explore our bodies really. I, I'm, I'm sitting here kind of in, in uh, uh, mixed mixed awe, mixed parts awe and mixed parts uh, like like this is this lady's crazy because it's like to me um, like I can I can not that I, I'm in no way, shape or form claiming that I, I could go out there today and do this. But like I can wrap my head around the idea of of riding a bike for, you know, what, 112, 114 miles, whatever it is for the, the Ironman. Like I can I can wrap my head around doing that. I can sort of wrap my head around coming off of the bike and then running a marathon. I don't know that I would want to, but like I can, I can see that as the realm of possibility. But the, the idea of swimming two miles, two, 2.4 miles, like, like as I've said before, when I talk to other folks that, that have, have dabbled in or, or even some that specialize in triathlons and, and specifically Ironman races, I'm just like, no, like that's a long freaking way to, to swim. And then to hear you say, well, you know, I kind of dip my toes, my, my figurative toes, although maybe your literal toes as well, into the Allegheny River and swam for 320-something miles before I, you know, decided that I was going to swim 2.4 miles for the Ironman. It's like, I feel like you kind of got things backwards. Like, like, <laughs> like maybe you should have started off with swimming just a couple miles and then, and then get yourself into the river. But, um, but wow, I mean, just what a, what a you know couple of ways to, to really push yourself. And then, and then I go back to the running side of things and go, I was running, a, you know, to put words in your mouth, I was running a marathon. Like, all right, well, yeah. let me try an Ironman. But first, I need to be prepared for for cycling. So I'm not just <laughs> going to do a 114 mile ride. I'm going to do 3,000 plus miles across the country. And then I need to prepare for the swimming. I'm not going to just do a couple mile swim. I'm going to swim 300 and something miles over the course of a month uh, down the river. Um, like, did did you do say? Are we missing some crazy epic run? Like you ran the 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 length of the Nile River or something like that before you you did the Ironman as well, or or was running just like ah I'm good with that? But let me really push myself on the other side of things. Uh, so let's. There were a few other runs. Yeah, the uh, there was a run across the Mojave and Colorado Desert, and then I was living in Australia and um, just reading the bulletin boards you see at like coffee shops, and there was a hundred k. So I had done an ultra marathon before the Ironman as well. So. Um, it was kind of, you know how you have these ideas and they're kind of like in the back of your head and you're like, oh yeah, someday. But, but I, I didn't feel like 
I felt like adventure was something that, um, because I was in college and had summers off and kind of had a more free lifestyle, that was definitely more appealing than, um, than what it takes to do an Ironman. Like, mm-hmm doing adventure is signing up for a different lifestyle almost and doing an Ironman is, um, it's, it's, I feel like it's a lot more regimented. And, um, when my lifestyle became a little more, um, uh, when it complemented it, like when I was working for a nonprofit and had a certain schedule, um, then that, that, I think that was kind of the reason that those parts fit in during those times, because it was, yeah, when I was younger, it was like, Ooh, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And Ironman's more like really, you know, a lot of people work with coaches and I have worked with coaches and it's, um, I felt like it was a, it was a different challenge entirely than just adventure there. Like the Allegheny, there was no time limit. And so, I mean, I did swim every day, but there wasn't the pressure of time that you have in an Ironman. Yeah, that's, that is true. The the adventure component, and especially when you talk in multi days, multi weeks, um, you know, that, that, that does throw a little different, I would imagine kind of atmosphere, almost kind of thinking like, at least I'm thinking, you know, of like uh, uh, an ultra versus, uh, you know, a 5k or a 10k, like, like, yeah, there might be still be the clock for the, the ultra and th- there might still be time cutoffs, but it's like just that, that vibe is just so much more mm. laid back and just kind of like chill and just, we're going to go out and we're going to run and we get to the aid station and we're going to stop and we're going to bullshit for a while yeah. and you're going to have something yeah. to eat and then we're going to get back to running versus, you know, any type of road race, really. It's like the gun goes off and you hammer it and it's just a different, a different feel. So it's, even though maybe there's, you know, in your case, it's still endurance and it's still impressive like it's it's too it's 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 certainly an apples and oranges type of of comparison that i'm trying to make which is why it probably isn't the greatest comparison but it is like going from ultra running even going from road running to trail running there's a huge difference Mm -hmm. there about like the community and like just the overall vibe and like all trail running and ultra running it's like I don't know what my heart rate is. I'm just running mm-hmm. like, and then on the road, it could be, it could be different. And, um, it's cool that, 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 that exists in something. We're still all just running, but we're all doing it in diff- our own ways. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and speaking of, of poor comparisons and, uh, you know, two things that sound similar, but they're completely different. Here's, here's one of those questions that I kind of feel like I have to ask just because I know, and I know it's a terrible question. I'll preface it by saying this is a terrible question to ask, but, uh, um, you know, for, for you as, as somebody who's done obviously just standalone marathons and, and quite fast marathons, I mean, BQ, like you said, talking about getting close to the three hour mark, or maybe even, I can't remember the exact, if you've gotten under three or close, but whatever, still faster than I am. No, no doubts about that. Um, versus coming off of the bike at the end of a, well, at the, at the two thirds mark of the, uh, Ironman and going out and running a marathon. What's, what's the difference in, you know, other than the obvious of the fact that you just have 2.4, 2.4 miles of swimming under your belt, plus 112 miles of, of bike under your belt. And now, oh, by the way, we're going to go out and run a marathon. Um, what's, what's the difference in how you approach a standalone marathon versus one at the end of an Ironman? Or, you know, obviously the, the one at the end of an Ironman, I'm assuming is, is more difficult, but maybe not. Maybe you're, it's more of an energy, con- energy conservation thing. Like, I don't know. What's, what's, what's your take on, on the big differences or the, or the ways that you handle um, you know, mentally, physically, whatever, 
a standalone marathon versus a, a an end of an Ironman type of marathon situation? So I would say races in general, I mentally don't think of the race until the halfway point. Um, so in a marathon, the first 13 miles are my warm up, and in an Ironman, the, the swim is part of the warm up, and the first uh, 56 miles on the bike, that's also part of the warm up. So things that I won't do in my warm up is take caffeine. Mm. So I, I do kind of break down the race, but I will say that like, I have been more sore after marathons because of the breakdown and the pounding and Mm. how much more you can push than you can in an Ironman. Even if you're treating the first half as your said warm up, you're still running on fatigue. Like your heart cannot work at that rate and push that hard anymore. So, like, Ironman is much more about fueling. Like, if you fall behind on hydration and fueling before running a marathon, you're there's no way. Right. So, um, hydration and nutrition becomes more important the longer you go and you just have to kind of, yeah. I mean, they say that it can feel like you're running, your legs are running with on bricks. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why they call the brick workouts when you go from biking to running. And so I find that after the first half mile, that feeling subsides and, um, it feels more natural and, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like you, like you bike that long, but I don't know. Every race is so different. Right. Like some Ironmans I've done like in Tennessee where it was very hilly. Others I've done in Texas where it's very, very flat, but very humid. And so, um, it, it all depends, but you really can't push as hard in an Ironman during a marathon right. because you're running on fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that makes sense. And, and obviously, um, you know, again, kind of like you said, the longer the race, the, the more, um, you know, fueling and, and whatnot becomes a factor. But I feel like also the longer the race, the more, um, all the other things are a factor too, as far as the differences of, of terrain or the differences of weather environments or things like that, where, you know, again, to, to just dumb it down to, to a level that I can understand. It's like, you know, like the 5k, like you know, the 5k is the 5k. Like it's going to be hard. It's going to be fast. It it may be hot. It may be cold. It may be a little bit hillier, but like, it's not like you're going to have thousands of feet of elevation over the course of a five, unless you're running literally up the side of a mountain for a 5k, but that's a whole different type of race. Um, versus you get longer in distances, you get to the half, you get to the full, um, those types of other factors, you know, heat management for if it being hot, hot and humid or what you're wearing as far as if it's cold or, or whatever become much more of a factor. And again, magnify that out to an Ironman and it's even more of a, of a factor of, of balancing all of those things. And so it makes it just completely different things, which again, like I said, it's, it's, it's an apples and oranges situation, even though it's still 26.2 miles, there's a whole lot of else going on to try to draw any type of real close comparison between those different types of, of events. Yeah. I mean, there is a benefit of marathons that I usually do listen to music. And that is one, one thing that you can't do in Ironman is listen to music. So that, that, that's something to factor in as like, you know, where you draw your motivation. But I don't, I don't actually know what, what to like, what's normal, but like for my, 
flat marathon time to my Ironman marathon time, it's a 20 minute difference. So like, uh, it's like 320 marathon on its own and then 340 in an Ironman. So, or yeah, like 345. So 25 minutes difference, but I don't like usually the way I approach running in most of these, these events is my focus is more on how I'm running the engine rather than how the engine's performing. So what I mean by that is I'm making sure, okay, am I hydrated? Um, like on the hotter races, do I have ice on the, the points that can really, um, help me from overheating? Mm-hmm. Am I do like if sometimes I, I chew gum just to help with like, if it's very dry out. So I, is my cadence, right? Is my, am I relaxed in my shoulders? Like I'm, I'm more focused on how I'm running my engine and I don't really think that much about the pace. Um, but yeah, they're all there. You can, but it just, for me, I find that to be more productive use of my time and my focus than, Oh, I'm not going fast or, Oh, I need to keep this pace. Because the pace is the byproduct of what you're doing to run your engine and what you're doing to, you know, to make that pace possible. So I guess it's there's like a difference between product goals and process goals. Mm-hmm. Like instead of saying, I want to run this fast, you're saying, I want to train three times a week in this zone. You know what I mean? Like right. I, yeah. that made it more like less about what the result is and more about putting your best effort and knowing that's all you can really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, a, an interesting thing that I've, I've had those types of thoughts sporadically, but maybe I need to focus on that more, uh, on a consistent basis because it's, it's, you know, you can call it what you want. It's inputs versus outputs. Right. And, and if you focus on just the outputs, there can be some type of fluky thing that affects positively or negatively the outcome. And then you're, you're happy, you're sad, whatever. But if you focus on the inputs, if you focus on doing the work, showing up, you know, focusing on your, like, the, like you said, the things you control, your, your cadence, your, your posture, you know, chewing gum, whatever, to try to keep you in the right, you know, that, 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 that you're focusing on um, taking care of the engine and, the, and trusting that the engine is going to do what you want it to do. Um, you know, that's, that's more of a way, I think, in, in all areas of life to make sure that, you know, the results tend to more often than not be kind of. In, at least in the ballpark of what you're looking for versus, you know, if you're only focused on the results and you don't know how you get there, that's kind of hard to continually reproduce that, that process. I think that's a, a, a something that's definitely worth me, worth probably all of us, certainly for myself, thinking about a little bit more and focusing on a little bit more. So thank you for, for sharing that, Katie. I really appreciate it. I say that, but like <laughs> I just did a six, a 61 mile run across New Hampshire a couple weekends ago. And Um, it was like 10 or 11 hours. And, uh, of course my watch and my phone die before I do. And I have my like power adapters Mm -hmm. and everything like that, but, uh, I didn't have it for that run. And so I'm three miles away from finishing and my watch is telling me less than 10%. So I'm like, I don't care. I want it to go and I'm running (laughs) as fast as I can. Uh, and I made it, but that would have made me so annoyed. Like I'd be, I was like thinking about whether I should Uber back to my car, charge it and then Uber back. <laughs> and it was just like, I must make this count. Oh man. Well, but, glad, glad that it wasn't uh, too much farther <laughs> of, a, of a race for you. If it would have been 70 miles, you might've been in trouble. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but Hey, it, it worked watches, out. Yep. It worked out. Yep. It did. 
So uh, shifting shifting gears a, a little bit uh, back to something you mentioned, uh, not so much in passing, but you know, kind of we, we got back as per usual. I, I took the the wrong tangent, so now su- switching back to the to the right, uh, or at least to a different line of thought. Um, you, you mentioned when you did that that cycling trip across the country when you were kind of dipping your toes into cycling and training for the potential of doing an Ironman in the future, um, that that was kind of doing something for, for a charity and kind of, you know, using endurance to help raise, raise some money for, uh, other organizations. And, and as I mentioned in the intro, that's something that you continue to do. So, um, I'm, I'm going to assume that that was a, a good enough experience that you wanted to continue to, to give back or is, is, had the seeds of, of plant the seeds of charity and, and supporting others, were those planted long before the, uh, the the bike ride, or is that really where kind of that that charity component of just life in general, but certainly of your endurance uh, life, really got started? So in high school, there was like a uh, a requirement for community service, and um, that's kind of where I started to see the needs of the community and um, and and really enjoyed the experiences I had in in service. So. I, at the time, like the bike ride across America was over like a decade. So it it was not an idea that was as mainstream as it is today that Mm -hmm. every race now it's like, there's usually a tie to a charitable component. But so for me, it was just really like, okay, so how is me biking going to raise the money? I don't get it. Like what, how does that do that? Like, and so once I was more aware that, yeah, you can actually raise quite a bit of money if, if you, you know, speak at rotary clubs or mm-hmm. do sponsor a mile or have different companies that, that also care about the same cause. And so once my eyes were open to that, that was always in the back of my mind, like, okay, so well, I know I want to do this, but how can it be used in a way that's actually going to help someone else other than myself? Um, so that I did the big ride for the American lung association, but while I was in Australia, um, living there, they had a, a drought that was affecting their daily life. Like when they could water the, their grass and when they could wash their cars. And I was studying environmental science and I I remember one of my professors mentioning that the wars of the future will be on water. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm from Ohio. Like that's the stuff we waste. We have water parks and (laughs) golf courses that their sprinklers never go off. You could go to any restaurant and they'll, they'll give you tons of, you don't even need to ask for water. It's already waiting for you. It's just, it was so abundant that I couldn't imagine a life without water. So I, I did kind of go down the rabbit hole and found out about the need. Um, at the time, it was one in six. Right now, it's about one in eight. And I've never heard anyone argue against needing clean water. It's so basic, fundamental, human right and need that it, as soon as I found out about the issue, I knew I wanted to do something. Um, and through adventure... Uh, to date, over $400,000 has been raised and um, 10,000 people have gotten mm-hmm. clean water. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how, how this takes, takes shape and how others also believe in that, that cause in the world that, that we can create just because, I mean, a $60 donation helps one person get clean water for life. And 
if you think back to the last $60 you spent, it's like, well, I, I definitely didn't, I didn't do that with it, but like it, it, I love seeing what an impact, not a huge uh, amount of money can make. And, um, the charity that I've partnered with, uh, for run for water, my upcoming adventure, they've been around for 40 years and they have a proven track record of helping over 2.5 million people. So I definitely am excited to support a, a charity that is really doing good work. And, um, yeah, so far the run for water has raised about 13,000 and, um, yeah, it will help a water project in Tanzania. Awesome. Awesome. I, w- I want to talk a little bit more yeah. about, um, the event that's coming up, the, the run across Maine. But first I, I, I can't, uh, um, I, I mean, I'm sure we could get to it whenever, but, but now it seems like as good a time as ever. Like you said, talking about doing some different adventures for, for helping to raise money, um, and, and support clean water around the world. And, and one of, I think in, in my mind, uh, maybe the craziest, I don't know, certainly maybe with the biggest, uh, you can, whatever adjective you want to use, uh, is, is, uh, you know, up for debate. They're, they're all probably, uh, not quite living up to the, the level of rowing across the Atlantic ocean by yourself, uh, as, as a way to, to, um, you know, raise awareness and, and raise some funds. So, um, tell us about that, that adventure. When, when did it happen? How did it come about? Like, like just the idea of getting in a boat and rowing for, uh, for, for across the ocean, literally, um, something that, uh, is, is mind blowing, I think to a lot of folks, where, where did that idea and challenge and, and adventure, uh, kind of come from and how did it, how did, obviously it worked, yeah. you made it across, but, but tell us a little bit about it. I am alive. Yes, that's the, the, the <laughs> highlight of that. You know, like, like, there we go. Um, it's funny because some people are like, oh, are you the girl that they needed to rescue in the Pacific? Because one girl like tried to sail around the world, an mm. American girl. And it's just like people get more coverage on failure than than actually right. making it. But um, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, really, it, it does. It did start with running because running gave me the confidence that I needed an endurance to swim the Allegheny, to bike across the United States and to row the Atlantic. Um, I did an ultra marathon in Australia. It was a hundred K and I was, I was on cloud nine. I was like really feeling like, wow, I never thought in a million years I could ever do that. And, and, you know, we did it. Uh, it was another charity event and, uh, I, I was on a team of four and we all, we all did it. And, um, it was maybe a week after that, that I was on a bus and I was just chatting to someone sitting next to me and we talk about endurance challenges. And I was, I was kind of like, Oh, I know he's going to talk about Mount Everest and sailing around the world and cycling and doing all these things. And I've already heard them all. I know all the adventures and just being a little, you know, in my mind being a little know-it-all and 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 then he mentioned his friend rode across the Atlantic and it just stopped me in my tracks and I was like this can't be real like people can't actually row across the Atlantic that's not possible that's so it was just wild like like alone like no follow boats and so I went home and I researched and and I got that confirmation that wow this is actually like a sport I mean, more people have been to the moon, but like, there's still a number of people that have done it. And so that's where that, that same curiosity was growing. And 
it turned into late nights Googling and looking at boats and looking at routes and researching other people's blogs about it. And then that turned into emailing them and asking them questions. And then that turned into, you know, daydreaming about, wow, what it would be like, what would it feel like? And I was just so captured by the impossibility and like just being so raw, like, in a, in a marathon, you go home, you're in your house, you have your comforts, you have your crowds, you have your medals. And in an ocean, it's just the same thing every day. And so I was drawn to what internal motivation you'd need to get through that and how, like, just, yeah, it was really the mental side, like how, and how are these people not crazy like legit like how can you be alone like the worst form of punishment when you go to jail is social isolation like how are these people like functioning in society after being alone for months and they're not monks they don't like know how to do that stuff so i i there were a million reasons why i was curious about it but then it's like wait who am i to think i don't even know how to row and i like I I had to work through a lot of doubt to even consider that. I mean, here I am a college kid with student loans and um, yeah, I think I'd like to go on this really expensive adventure and like, uh, and I have no boating experience and like no one in my family knows anything about boats. And um, it was, it was definitely something that I fought um, just like, hoping it would go away, like hoping it would kind of bother someone else because I knew that it would require, well, I didn't know what it would require. I just knew I would be potentially losing my life. And mm-hmm. I didn't take that lightly. Um, I was, I took it very seriously. So, um, I, I basically had this decision that I was either going to row the Atlantic or, uh, I was going to live a life of regret wondering why I didn't. And when I look at a lifetime versus 70 days, uh, my logic and my, you know, my gut told me I can't carry, I can't carry regret around. It's just too heavy. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it seemed easier to row the Atlantic than it would be to, to, to lie to myself and to pretend that that passion and that call wasn't there. So I surrendered it and, and I just kept following it. And of course there were plenty of detours before it. I bought a boat in Central America and couldn't get it out of the country. I got in an accident on Lake Erie and nearly lost the boat. And, and people were asking me, you know, you know, what makes you think you could row the ocean, the ocean if you can't row the Atlantic. And so there were definitely mishaps before it and lots of lessons learned, but they, they armed me for the Atlantic. And so I was alone at sea for 70 days, um, rowing from West Africa to South America. Uh, it was 3000 miles and it took about a million oar strokes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, on my boat, I had two sets of oars. I had four iPods. I had like 300 chocolate bars and it was, um, and 30 foot waves, Mm -hmm. sharks, dolphins, all sorts of fun, um, nature, like just seeing sea turtles and Mm -hmm. glowing plankton. And at the end of it, it had broken the world record for the youngest person 
to row an ocean solo. And that particular adventure raised over 150,000 for, for the, the water projects. That's, that's awesome. Were there, were there any, uh, I mean, I'm sure there had to be, but, but mishaps or, or things where, where things were really starting to go sideways or, or was it, you know, pardon the, the, the terrible boating pun, was it pretty much smooth sailing from Africa to, to South America? Oh, I mean, I even had fires. Like you would oh, never Lord. think that being surrounded by hundreds and thousands of miles of open ocean, you would never have a fire, but I even had fires and um, once I had the 30 foot waves, I, I ended up making a detour to make a, a chance for a better arrival without assistance. So I wanted to keep it unassisted and with those really big waves that wouldn't have been possible. So I ended up rowing two countries West than my original destination. Um, I potentially ran across pirates because they weren't, um, they did not have a radar and so they were out there illegally. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it was, it was like, it could go from zero to a hundred in, in a matter of seconds. So most of the time it was very boring, but some of the times it was, it was just, yeah, pretty exciting as White well. It. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And what a, what an experience, you know, like, like you said, I mean, being by, being by, uh, you know, solitary confinement is, is kind of like the, what they consider like the worst form of, of punishment. But, um, also I feel like, so, especially with something like that, I mean, you're out in, in nature and, and getting to see things that, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of people will never, never be able to see and experience. So, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, man, just what a, what a crazy, crazy experience. And, and I'm sure, like you said, don't have to worry about holding that, uh, regret of what if like you did it and, and you'll get to remember it forever. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely humbled to have had that experience and, um, it was, it was tough, but it was also a huge gift and mm-hmm. I learned a lot out there and, and yeah, it's, it's been fun to be able to share some of the things that I learned, um, just speaking at schools and, and I worked with a co-author, so we wrote a book and, uh, just keep rowing, of, mm-hmm. course. of course, uh, with, <laughs> But, um, and it includes some of the, the things that, you know, the ocean taught me on my, on my way. Awesome. Awesome. So as, as we're getting, you know, getting to the point of starting to wrap this up, but obviously again, we got this, this new challenge coming up about running across, uh, this, the great state of Maine. Um, where, where did that idea that, that, uh, again, kind of always looking for an adventure, but, but where did you, when did you decide on, Hey, you know, running across Maine? Uh, in, in one shot, nobody's really ever done that before. Like this could be fun. Uh, where, where did, where did this, this particular adventure come from? Has it been long in the planning? Did it kind of come out of nowhere? Where, where, how did it, how did it get started and, and, you know, kind of getting ready for it as, as we're talking? Yeah. So I have rowed for water. I have swum and I have cycled for it. So it was definitely time to run, to mm. run for water. So I definitely wanted to, to go back to what really I would say is my kind of core sport is, is running. And then second to that would be cycling, but, um, it started with running and, and, um, a couple of years ago I did my first, uh, hundred mile run and I loved it. So I, in, in one year did three 100 mile runs. And, um, I think it was just knowing that, like for the, uh, um, 
24 hour team, like for Mm -hmm. females to, to be on that, you have to run 130 miles in 24 hours. So I always was like, Ooh, 130, that sounds cool. Like, so I had done, uh, like one or two 100 mile races and seen females that, that were, were doing or could do that distance. And so I always was like, Oh, 130, that sounds cool. And so, um, I'm stationed here in Maine, uh, for the coast guard and I love being able to run as a way to explore, like mm-hmm. instead of running in circles, sometimes I'll, I'll like, you know, find these destinations and run from point to point and instead of just running mm-hmm. yeah, on loops or laps. And, and especially if you're going over a marathon at a certain point, you really need to get out and explore. So it's, it, it, it's one, a way to raise money for clean water and two, just a way to, um, continue to, to explore possibilities with, within my own, you know, endurance and, and running and, um, and seeing a new state that I, that I, that's my new home. And, so, uh, from, from what I hear, uh, original you know, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Was, yeah. Oh yeah. The original goal was 10,000 raising 10,000 for water projects. And that was, it was actually met like a month ago. Awesome. So, there's still a lot of people that, that need water. So, um, it's been doubled to 20,000. And so, um, it's been great to, even though, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, people have been, you know, showing that support and, um, and, and with the water projects, they do do sanitation and hygiene education. So they're doing hand washing and that's a part of the overall project. Yeah, well, and, and like you said, with it, you know, with all that's going on in the world right now, again, one thing that uh, I think probably everybody listening to this, no matter which corner of the world they're listening to the to the episode on, if they have access to the technology that allows them to listen to this, we probably haven't had to worry about whether we'll have clean water to drink in spite of all of the COVID nineteen situation. So it's it's certainly still a, a cause that uh, you know, no matter what else is going on in 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 some parts of the world, like it's 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 an important thing. Uh, to, to continue to remember and continue to support because yeah, I mean, we take it so much for granted. Like you said, just wasting water, water, like, like I, it, it, I shake my head when I go out and, and, uh, you know, driving through the neighborhood when it's raining and people have their sprinklers on because they just have them on the timer and they just go off in the old time. And it's like, man, like, come on people. Like we don't, uh, you know, like that's just, it's just ridiculous. So, uh, love, love what yeah. you're doing as we're, and as we're getting to the point of, of officially wrapping up, Katie, one one last question for you. I call it the, the philosophical question, which is always kind of towards the end, uh, kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended. You can take it whichever way you want to go with it. And uh, this is probably one of those almost impossible philosophical questions because uh, we could probably make this the full episode if we wanted to. But uh, we'd just be curious, you know, in, in some of the, the many different adventures you've had, whether it's rowing, whether it's it's riding, swimming, some of the running adventures, whatever it is, you know, you, you've done uh, you've done more than uh, than uh, a lot of people have in, in terms of the adventure department. But what are some things that you've learned, or one thing, two things, whatever, uh, that you've learned about yourself during some of these these pretty epic and, and I imagine sometimes pretty trying uh, adventures that you're able to take over into your into your daily life and, and draw on and, and and lean on that that experience from the row or from the ride or from the swim that can help you when you're at work at the Coast Guard or in daily life or whatever the case might be. And that's where we'll kind of put the official bow on this one for today. Sure. So I guess my ultimate hope would be when I, when I share my adventure and, and endurance challenges is not look at what I can do, but look at what we can do. So, mm-hmm. so more about seeing themselves and me that there, there are, 
um, these limits we have, and then there's real possibilities. So if there's anything that it's that endurance has taught me is that we are more capable than we think. And um, some people will say to me, oh, I could never, you know, run a, a marathon. I could never do this or that. And my, my natural question to them is, oh, have you tried? Hmm. And of course, their answer is no, I've never tried. And so I would just encourage people that, you know, failure is a part of the process. I've failed and I've gotten nutrition wrong and I've, um, you know, I've had my own missteps and, mm-hmm. and that was part of the overall journey. So, uh, yeah, just really just to be encouraged to see that, Hey, maybe you're, you can do more too. And even if you fall short of that original goal, you're further along than you were when you started and closer to wherever that, that, that goal or that, that next step is. So, um, yeah. I, I, I love it. And, uh, uh, as as is typically the case, great great way to wrap things up. If I don't get, if I don't say too much to get in the way and muddy the water, so this is where we'll we'll put that official bow on it. And once again, guys, if you want to find out more, follow along, uh, hear about you know these adventures and future adventures. Because if, if there's one thing I know about anybody who has done as much as Katie has, like she's not planning on stopping anytime soon. So there'll be more adventures to come. Uh, KatieSpots.com is the website again. That's Spots S P O T Z uh, on Facebook at Hello Katie Spots on Instagram at Katie Spots. Dizruns.com slash eight six four is the link for the show notes today. We'll have the link to, to support the cause as well, uh, the clean water cause that Katie's running for, and, and obviously all of her contact information will be there as well. Dizruns.com slash eight six four. So Katie, uh, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time today, uh, and certainly uh, wish you you know continued uh, good fortune with the adventures. Continue to do the good work that you're doing to to raise the money and raise the awareness and help provide clean water to folks and uh certainly wish you nothing but the best for the run across maine and, and again thanks for the time today and, and uh good luck and all that uh it comes forward and if there's anything else we can do to help you out, help you help you out along the way uh just let us know and we'll do what we can all right all right sounds good thank you so much all right guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show hope you enjoyed the conversation between katie and myself and as per usual be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was what was your takeaway from today's conversation? Um, for me, maybe not a surprise because it was kind of what I uh, the little clip that I used at the start of the episode. We touched on it a little bit, uh, you know, when when she first said it. But it's the idea of you know, I think she, I think her exact words, Katie's exact words, were focusing on uh, you know the the engine, what what uh, what she's putting into the engine as opposed to the performance of the engine, and and I talked about it as inputs versus outputs, and just you know how how it really is a different way of looking at this at the situation, but boy, it can be much more valuable, and and you know to put it maybe another way, it's just it's just the the power of showing up, right, showing up and and putting in the work, and trusting that the work is going to pay off. So you know so often. I'll just speak for myself. So often I'm, I'm focused on the, the outputs. I'm focused on, you know, am I getting faster? Am I um, running farther? Is my heart rate improving? Is my, you know, my, is my speed improving in relation to my heart rate? Um, and then, you know, even outside of running stuff, I'm looking at, you know, is, is the business continuing to grow? Is, is, you know, am I, am I growing the audience? Like all of, all of those different metrics, right. That, that we look at, you know, as far as family stuff, I mean, the same thing, you're looking at the checking account balance, the, just the, the whole, whole host of things that it's easy to look at kind of the end result and the end result matters, of course. But when you're only focused on the end results, you, you can, you can get a little fuzzy on how you got there. You know, maybe there was something that was fluky. Maybe there was a, a, you know, a, a bit of good fortune, 
Maybe there's a bit of bad fortune, so it looks like things are worse than they really are. But when you're focused on just showing up, doing the work, did I get my, my runs in on the days that were scheduled? Did I get my strength training in? Did I get my yoga in, my cross training in? You know, did, I, did I get the podcast out on time? Did I send my emails that I'm supposed to send, or at least that I feel like I'm supposed to send? Did I post on social media? Did I engage with other people? Um, you know, d- am I doing the things that lead to more growth, more opportunities, getting faster, running farther, improving my fitness, improving my health? If I'm doing the things that are going to get me there, then odds are I'm going to get there, right? And so instead of focusing on just the result, focusing a little bit more on the inputs, focusing a little bit more on the things that are, to, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, the things that the inputs are the things that are ultimately the most in my control. You know, I, I can control whether I get up out of bed in the morning and go get my run in tomorrow. Right? I can't necessarily control how well it goes, you know, as far as, as how my body chemistry is feeling, what's going on with my body, how I'm feeling, all that kind of good stuff. But I can control that I get up and get out there and hopefully things will go my way. And if I keep getting up there and getting out there every day, or at least on the days I'm supposed to, um, odds are things will overall trend in the right direction. And, you know, when Katie was talking about that and kind of the things that maybe sometimes she focuses on during those long races, instead of focusing on pace and am I hitting my, my pace targets and things like that, she's focusing more on how I'm feeling. What's my stride like? Am I taking in the, the right amount of, of nutrition? fluids? Am I, am I staying up to date with those things? Because if I do all of those things, then odds are I'm going to hit the mark with my, with my pace, with my, with my, uh, speed with my, to hit my goals. And so I just think that, that sometimes again, certainly myself, maybe you as well get stuck focusing a bit too much on the end result or on the outputs and losing sight of the importance of focusing on the inputs and making sure you're taking care of those. And as long as you take care of those, it gives you a pretty good chance that the other thing kind of takes care of itself. So that was a good reminder for me, maybe a good reminder for you, but it was certainly my takeaway. Uh, and maybe again, maybe it was for you, maybe it's not, but either way, let me know. Let me know if you agree with this one. If there was something different that stood out to you, uh, from today's conversation, let me know that as well at Disruns on Twitter at Disruns on Instagram. Always love to hear, hear from you, whether it's tagged in a post, slid into the DMS, whatever the case might be. Uh, let me know. You can also shoot me an email, disruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at disruns.com slash eight, five, four. We got a lot of pictures from, uh, Katie's various adventures. Uh, we also have links to all of Katie's stuff as, as I already explained in the uh, end of the interview there. And of course, uh, we've also got the comment bar down at the bottom of the, of the page. You can just scroll down and leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, and takeaways down there in the comment section. And uh, that can always start a, a little conversation as well. So that uh, is it for, for this one. But before we officially pull, pull the plug one more time, a little plug for uh, the folks at Head Sweats. Um, and again, great way to, to get yourself some new gear and also support the show at the same time is to use the code or use the, the link disruns.com slash head sweats, which should be, you know, available in a variety of places on, uh, you know, tap in the mobile app. Obviously you can type it in as well. Uh, but th- th- that should be there in somewhere, some, some way, shape or form disruns.com slash head sweats. And then whatever, you know, whatever goodies you decide to put in your inbox, make sure you use the code disruns 35, all one word there, disruns 35, save yourself 35% on whatever you get, support the show at the same time. Win, win, win. Everybody wins. That's uh, that's what we're looking for around here. So thank you guys for uh, supporting supporting your yourself, supporting your, your hat game, your headwear game, 
uh, while supporting Head Sweats, while supporting me all, all at the same time as well. So with that, we'll go ahead and officially uh, wrap this one up now. Uh, y'all, thank you for listening. As always, if you uh, enjoyed this episode, hit that share button. Tell somebody else about the show. Uh, that is always, always, always appreciated. Until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys. Thank you.